This is where they are building the largest nuclear fusion reactor in the world. Yeah, a friend of mine told me I had to check out this pool. America on Main Street and at the dinner table is talking about infrastructure when 20 years ago they didn't even know what that meant. Today, those towers are an astounding display of wealth, prestige, and engineering. First. It's impacting everyday Americans. I am against the train the way it's being done right now. New York City housing is a scam. It is a scam, 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 scam. The Shard in central London is being officially opened today and at 310 metres tall, it's Europe's newest and tallest skyscraper. Hello, I'm Fred Mills. And this is the world's best construction podcast by the B1M. Hello and welcome to the world's best construction podcast. I'm your host, Fred Mills. And in a bit of a twist this week, I'm not joined by either Luke Bly or Liam Marsh. Now, I know what you might be hoping. Finally, Fred Mills has done a Beyonce. He's ditched those band members that were holding him back. And he's finally broken out. He's gone out in the world on his own to become a globally successful independent artist. And I know, guys, that's what I should be doing. I get it. I will do it one day, I promise you. But for right now, that's actually not what's happening. Luke and Liam are going to be back next week to further tarnish my career. Uh, But in the meantime, we want to share with you, basically to mark World Mental Health Month, we wanted to share with you some of the audio from our Get Construction Talking launch event, which took place back at London's Hamyard Theatre during the summer. So this is a bit of a different episode, but a special episode for you. Basically, there were some really good points made at this event, and there were some really good takeaways that we wanted to share with a wider audience and through the podcast medium. So here they are for you in a dedicated podcast. You're going to hear a bit from me and from Procore's CEO, Tui Quartermunch, who joins me live on stage. You'll also then hear the great panel discussion that featured myself and Tui alongside Yuandi Akinola, MBE, and Logan Price, talking all about mental health and construction and how we can really start to tackle this issue. Don't forget, guys, as always, you can learn more, find support, access free resources and donate to support construction's established mental health charities around the world over at getconstructiontalking.org. That is getconstructiontalking.org. So without further ado, here it is. Now, the first voice you're going to hear from the live event is going to be familiar to you. It's podcast host Mr. Liam Marsh. But please don't let that put you off because it does get better. I promise. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Get Construction Talking. My name's Liam. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer at the B1M, and I just wanted to say a big thank you for your attendance tonight. It's truly awesome to have so many of you here celebrating such a fantastic course. Now, before we get started, I just need to cover a few housekeeping matters. Uh, If there is an emergency tonight, the fire exits are located at the rear left and the rear right. Uh, Also, we are filming tonight, so please be mindful of the cameras. And lastly, if you are uploading to social media, we ask you to use the hashtag GetConstructionTalking so we can really amplify the campaign to everyone. Now, shortly we'll begin the program. We'll be screening two mental health documentaries. This will be followed by a panel discussion and Q&A with the audience. Uh, After that, we'll make our way back to the bar for more networking and drinks. But before that, I'd like to invite our host for this evening onto the stage. Please join me in a big warm welcome for Fred Mills. (laughs) 
Hello, London. Hi. Hi, Fred. I'm about to share my mental health journey on a big stage. Give me something. Yeah. How are we doing? Yeah. Nice. No, I need that. I need you guys to turn up for me tonight. Much appreciated. Um, it's amazing looking out of these faces because the, the amazing people in this room, you, you guys shape our world. You know, you work in an amazing industry that touches the lives of almost every person on this planet. The problem we've got is that most people in our world don't really see that. Most people walking by on the street tonight don't recognize the impact of this industry or take it for granted. That's why I founded the B1M in my spare room all those years ago, to try and get the world to see this amazing industry as I see it, to lift up its amazing people and get the rest of the world to see you guys as I see you. I founded the B1M because I love construction and I want the whole world to love it too. This is a really proud moment for me because as I stand here tonight, that little idea I had in my spare room has grown into the world's largest and most subscribed to video platform for construction with over 3 million subscribers across its YouTube channels and 24 million people watching each month. Cheers. You're warmed up now, I like it. You're, we're conversing, this is good. We employ 17 people across three continents. I filmed inside Big Ben, inside nuclear fusion reactors, down freezing Finnish mines. I've interviewed Richard Branson. We've launched a whole new channel about the future of construction and how the industry can play a role in tackling climate change. We've been named by the Times as one of the 20 best educational channels in the world. We've racked up half a billion video views on the internet. It's amazing stuff. It's mind-blowing stuff. But it's not the full story. And behind the scenes over recent years, I've really struggled with my mental health. Me. <laughs> that guy I just described, who on paper has everything, has the world at his feet. You'd never suspect had anything wrong with him. And in my darkest moments, I came to realize that this can affect anybody. It's not a conscious choice, it's a sickness. Get Construction Talking is about using the power of what I've built with the B1M to try and do something about this issue in construction, do something about this issue in the industry that I love. I'm not saying I can solve it. Of course I can't solve it. But what I am pretty good at is reaching people. In construction, no one knows you better than the people you work with every day. Your workmates on site, the people you go from project to project with, they're always going to know you better and more deeply than any mental health ambassador or health and safety officer or a charity in the sector. If we can get those people more aware of mental health, if we can get them more attuned to the signs that something might not be right, if we can enable them just to ask that simple question of, are you okay, mate? You don't seem yourself lately, you, something seems up. That basic question, start that basic conversation. And if we can enable them to direct people to support if they need it from the fantastic charities and others in this sector, then we can enable millions of people around the planet to help us tackle this issue, to help us tackle this crisis in construction. We can break the stigma. We can stop people dying from this issue. That is what Get Construction Talking is all about, and I'm incredibly grateful to Procore and particularly TUI for backing my vision on this uh, and for enabling us to bring it into fruition, to bring it to life at an event like this. 
We're using the uh, power and reach of what we've built with our video, podcast, and events platforms and teaming up with the global reach and influence of Procore to raise awareness, to break the stigma, to get people talking, and to lift up the fantastic charities already working in this space and raise $1 million for them in the process. This matters to me. I know what it's like to struggle with your mental health. And I'm blown away by the number of people that have turned up here tonight, by the reaction this has had, by the messages I've been getting, it's, it's phenomenal. But at the end of the day, if all of this just amounts to it helping one person, you know, one person who might not be here tonight, but is at home maybe watching or listening to this, who's in that place, who's struggling, if we can help that person feel better and turn a corner, then it will all have been worth it. We need more of construction's leaders to stand up on platforms like this and talk about this issue. We need more leaders to normalize this conversation. We cannot be the industry that ranks top for suicide in the United Kingdom and many other countries around the world. We just can't be top of that chart, guys. We need to attract the best talent. We need that because we're trying to build in a more sustainable way. We're trying to help our, our industry make a difference on climate change. We're trying to build more affordable housing. We're trying to build infrastructure. We're trying to grow economies. It matters. Our people matter. This industry is critical. And we just can't let this issue exist anymore. Enough is enough. And we need to turn the tide and make a difference. In the spirit of getting more leaders on stage to talk about this and normalize the issue, I now want to introduce you to the founding CEO of Procore, Tui Cortemanche. He's flown over from California, been to a few other countries along the way, I should say, but he's, he's here. Ladies and gents, big hand for Tui. Thanks so much, Dad. Appreciate it. I think we should all give Fred a big hand because this is such an important cause and he is making such a huge impact. So really. I have to say I'm uh, uh, deeply humbled and honored that I actually was uh, asked by Fred to help participate in this extremely important uh, and vital cause for the industry. Um, I've been in this industry since I was a very young child. I actually joined the construction industry when I was 12 years old, believe it or not. I got to go work in a cabinet shop after school, sweeping up the cabinet shop uh, after the guys were done working. Uh, and I learned, starting at that age, uh, that I truly loved construction. But what I also learned was I learned about the people of construction. And I learned about how caring and giving the industry was. And one of the ways I learned it was really interesting was uh, the, it was a union shop where I worked. And at 10 AM every day, like clockwork, everyone would turn off the table saws. They would sit down, and they'd turn over paint buckets. They'd pull up tool benches. Everyone would sit down, and they would talk to each other about their lives and about their challenges and about their successes. And you know, uh, it was just a group of folks that were there for each other. And so that really solidified my passion. I love construction, and I was just passionate about the people. And that's frankly why I started Procore. And so for the last 20 years, Procore's been out on this journey trying to solve the most challenging, or some of the most challenging, um, uh, issues in construction by connecting everybody on a technology platform. But what really gets us out of bed every day is our vision. And our vision is to improve the lives of everyone in construction. And that is what motivates us, and that's what we work towards every single day. And when we're successful in that vision, and we actually achieve getting people connected, 
We actually make people more productive. We're able to help send people home safely from a job site. We're able to help people not have to go through doing rework, uh, tearing out perfectly good things and starting over again. Uh, and we really contribute to the well-being of the folks. But what really gets me fired up is not about the productivity and everything else. But what really gets me fired up is when I hear our customers say to me, Tui, I'm able to leave the job site early so I can get home and see my kids' sporting event because I'm not struggling with the technology that we had before. Or I can get home and I can be in, you know, with my family and have dinner and not sit in the job site trailer until all hours uh, of the night trying to get things done because I don't have the technology. But when Fred came to me and started talking to me about the challenges that the industry faces around mental health, I realized that there was a glaringly obvious challenge ahead of us, which is if Procore is going to be successful in our vision to improve the lives of everyone in construction, we needed to lean in, both with our megaphone and our reach, but also with our pocketbook, uh, to help make an impact on this, on this very vital challenge, which is the mental health crisis uh, in construction. And uh, so I'm deeply honored and humbled that we are able to participate in this. So um, what I know we, hopefully you all are all here for the same reason I am, is I'm curious and I'm concerned about the industry. And I want to know what I can do, do to help. The biggest challenge we have around this topic is both building awareness as well as reducing the stigma associated with this, with this topic. Uh, which we all know is out there. Um, and it's really one of those things that you ask yourselves, possibly, the question I ask myself, which is, I'm just one person. What can I do to make a difference on this really important matter? And the answer is simple. Fred said it in the video. Just start the conversation. Get construction talking. It's, just, it's something that we all can do. There's no barrier to entry, as he said. Uh, and really, it, it is powerful. And I know that for a fact because uh, I saw it firsthand. Last year, Fred came to our annual user conference called Groundbreak. And uh, in a very uh, courageous act in front of thousands of participants in a room much larger than this, uh, Fred talked about his struggles with mental health. Uh, and he was being very vulnerable. And I know, because I've talked to him about it, it was a very scary moment for him. But the reality was that he actually got the conversation started across thousands of people. And that's had a reverberation effect ever since Groundbreak across so many different organizations. And so again, my, I'm eternally grateful for all the work that Fred is doing on this cause. So now we are a member of the uh, Get Construction Talking team. Uh, we have some objectives. Number one is obviously start the conversation. Number two is we want to get the message out globally. And number three is we want to make readily available assets to, for the skills and the tools needed uh, that are available to the folks that you work with, the folks that you are teammates with, yourselves if you need them. Uh, and we feel as if uh, we have the megaphone to do that. I, I think the global brand of Procore, the global brand of the, uh, uh, B, uh, B1M is, it, with us together combined is a opportunity to really get this conversation started globally. Um, but it's just the very first step. So I would encourage all of you to get involved in the conversation, start the conversations, do what you can do, take responsibility that this is a challenge that we all face. Um, and I think with that, let's, uh, let's roll. Let's, Fred, do you want to come out? <laughs> Thank you.
Thank you. Thanks. This wouldn't be possible without your support. So, well, it's partnership, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Thank you guys for giving Tui a bigger cheer than me. That that hurt. Um, <laughs> it just sounded that way. It it's, it's been noted. It's been noted, guys. That was me mostly. Glad. I've got a relationship with these now. We're, we're having a conversation about about cheering levels. At the end, big cheer, please. <laughs> um, guys, we're really excited for you to see this. I know the reason you've come here tonight is not to see me and Tui just like falling over each other, but to actually watch this documentary <laughs> series. Uh, so we're very pleased to unveil it. It's called uh, Uncovering Construction's Biggest killer. It's a two-part series. We're going to play it to you back to back now. Should we do it? Let's do it. Let's roll. Here it is. So at this point, we played our new two-part video series, which is lifting the lid on construction's mental health crisis. Uh, it's available to watch right now over on our YouTube channel. You can watch both episodes. Uh, they are free to view over on our YouTube channel. We would really appreciate you guys taking the time to look at those uh, and sharing them with your friends, colleagues, people you work with. It's all part of our goal to try and raise awareness of mental health in construction, get people talking about it, and get people really trying to spot the signs that something in their mates might not be quite right and having that initial conversation. It sounds simple, but it's something we can all start doing today that will make a difference and will save lives. All of these videos are available now online, uh, and I'm sure they'll be easily accessible to all of you. So please do share them with your friends, your loved ones, your colleagues. Uh, they, they hopefully will make a big difference. And so with that, let me invite the panelists up on stage. Yoande uh, uh, and Logan and Fred, do you want to come out? All right. You all ready? So, Fred, I'm going to start with you. Um, you've spoken very openly uh, here and at Groundbreak uh, about the challenges that you've had uh, with mental health. Um, I guess the real question probably all of us are asking is, how are you doing now, and what tools are you using to help? Yes, yeah, good question. Um, I'm conscious now that everyone in this room knows me a lot more than they did before. <laughs> probably, probably too much, to be quite honest. Um, it's, it's, it'd be really inspiring for me to sit here and say that I've... Uh, I've turned all around, I'm doing much better, and here are the top three things you can do to fix your life and live a great life, but uh, as many of you know, it doesn't really work like that. It's a journey, and it's a journey that I'm on every day, and I have good days and bad days still. Um, I'm very good at hiding it behind the scenes, but I've got, I've got a lot better. I have to say, uh, from going through a lot of the journey that I've been through, I am getting a lot better. I know the things that make me happy and the things that bring me down. I'm focusing on the good stuff and the bad stuff. Awesome. Um, I've got a different perspective on life now, so yeah, it's good. It's good, good to life. hear. It's very good to hear. Um, you, yeah, I learned about your challenges at Groundbreak, and I'm curious uh, what inspired you? Uh, what gave you the confidence, and how did you, what was the journey like to get there to make that um, proclamation? Yeah, it's a good question. It was a crazy thing to do. Like, to do. <laughs> it's a brave thing to do. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I've never talked about it to anyone, and then to, to do it on that platform in front of, I think it's like, 4,000 people, something stupid, 4,500 people was uh, was pretty intimidating. But I think for me, I 
I struggled through 21, but really through 22, and the second half of 22 for me was, was really tough. And it's almost like I was living these two completely different lives, and there was public front mills where everyone would say, oh, it's so great, it's so amazing, it must be so happy. And the stuff I was going through, it was just that they were just two different things. And I was thinking, I, I, I didn't really want to fake it anymore. Yeah. I didn't want to just hide behind it anymore. I thought, you know, actually, this is, this is who I am. This is something I'm going through. I might not like it, but I'm going through it and I'm dealing with it, and loads of other people are too. So if I can take that first step and help normalise this, then hopefully it'll help other people feel that they can too. Mm-hmm. And it's terrifying because I've kind of cultivated this perception of perfection. Mm-hmm. And so to come out and say, hey, I'm not a full ticket, I've got some things going on, um, it was tough, but... I know that it makes me a stronger and more formidable person, having recognised it, say to everyone I'm dealing with it, I'm getting better from it. Um, I feel a thousand times better having done it. Was there a moment when you were finishing up or you were walking off stage where you felt some cathartic kind of cleanse or like uh, you got it out or you felt felt supported? I just numb, I think. (laughs) I got really good uh, spontaneous crowd clapping and reaction, which I wasn't expecting. And that just Yeah, everyone was really very supportive, right? So uh, thank you for your bravery. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So then, yeah. (laughs) So then you walk off stage and you go home and you have an idea about Get Construction talking. How did that come about? It's funny, I was sitting on the plane back. Yeah. uh, And I don't sleep on planes, so I was like, up all night. Um, And... I thought, yeah, I really want to do something about mental health. I really want to do something about mental health, sorry. Um, I thought, well, how can I find the money for this? How can we do it on the side? How can I make sure it doesn't take away too much distraction from the core business? I want to do something, but I'll do it on the side. And I thought, well, yeah, what? Well, screw that. What if I made it the thing that defines me? Mm-hmm. And I really try and own it and stand up and make a difference in this space. And it was a bold pitch to talk to you guys and say, hey, do you want to do this with us? Because um, no one's really done it before to this level in a kind of media campaign. Sure. Um, so yeah, and now we're in a place where it's it's getting attention front and centre on the B1M, which is where it should be. Yeah, yeah, thank you, appreciate it. Um, so Logan, you've been very open um, uh, with all of us and uh, very vulnerable, which again, was very uh, brave of you and we appreciate that. Um, what advice would you give to others that are possibly in the same situation you found yourself in? Um, I think when you're feeling in that place, it's really difficult to speak. But if you can encourage other people to speak before they get to that place, it's easier to kind of have a conversation um, and to make that conversation easier at the time. Yeah. That's good advice. Actually, I should open it up to both of you. Do you, do you all have any advice for people that are in this situation. Yolanda, do you have any thoughts? Um, I, so um, I would say the talking is, is, is a huge thing. Um, I've been on the other end of, of a phone call when people have really needed to talk and, you know, speaking to them after um, and just hearing that they needed to really speak to somebody at that moment in time mm-hmm. has just been so massive for me. Um, and so now when my phone goes, I'm like, gosh, I need to get to that phone. Um, so I'd say talk. Sure. It, it's four letters, but it's massive. 
Yeah, very powerful. Well, a question I want to follow up with with you is, I, I learned through this process uh, how disproportional the construction industry is to this crisis, how it seems to really be affecting the construction industry. And that first question I was asking myself is, why is the construction industry so affected by this? Do you have any thoughts? Yes, it's, it's a great question, actually. And there's so many things that you know we need to kind of work through. You know, if you look at the history of the construction industry, it's been very cutthroat for so many years. Our profit margins are not great. In fact, they're they're they're, they're terrible. And so there is. So I've worked in construction. I'm an engineer. You know, I understand the pressures. The pressures are always there. Um, and so there are all these things that kind of work against you in terms of trying to basically live a pressure-free life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we need to do in this transformational um, period that I like to think the construction industry is in mm-hmm. is really start to unpack all of those inherent challenges to say actually the fact that this is the root cause means we need to completely rethink what the structure of our industry looks like. Yeah. Um, and, and that's where I think we need to go. We need to go right to the roots. Yeah. Well, Logan, you said very clearly that driving a thousand miles a week or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I mean, that's clearly stressful. That clearly adds a lot to it. And trying to maintain relationships and everything outside of work. Do you have any ideas as to what you think might be the contributing factors? Construction's a high pressure industry. Like, there's responsibility on everyone that's on every site, working on every project of hundreds of thousands, millions of pounds, whatever the job is. Um, but that the long hours that people work as well are difficult, and then you could be two hours away from the job, whatever it is. You then can't do those um, things that are important for you to promote good mental health, mm-hmm. going to the gym, um, exercising, whatever it is that helps you mm-hmm. um, is challenging and the fact that it's male dominated and kind of that macho um, mentality where people just don't want to don't want to speak um, to each other and those are all hard challenges to overcome in the construction industry so there's no there's no easy answers um, what do you think Fred the construction industry uh, how would you rate them in their uh, uh, focus on getting something going in this regard for, for mental health? Uh, well, I won't give it a number because <laughs> you guys won't like the number I give it. Um, but I think there are some fantastic people doing some fantastic work in this industry. There are people who have dedicated their lives and spent decades working on this, particularly among constructions, mental health charities. Um, I don't think what we've had though is, is scale and it given the megaphone and the top of the agenda placement that it needs. Mm-hmm. You know, this is not a little thing on the side, guys. This is not another thing to think about or deal with in your ESG pile. You know, if your people, I run a small business, it runs on people. My people aren't right, they're not performing. I'm going to make less money. Yeah. It's not going to be successful. So investing in our people, making sure that they're not just physically safe, but mentally safe as well, is, is critical. And I think we've We've got some people running charities doing a great job that need a lot more support and uplift. We need to put this top of the agenda. We need everyone recognising that it's key to your bottom line and as important as physical health and safety on sites. 
So, um, yeah, I mean, can I get minus numbers? I think, <laughs> I think we've got a long way to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, as you and I were talking about backstage, like there, you could you could go for a legislation, you know, kind of agenda, which is let's let's mandate this. But I like the way you look at it from a business owner's perspective. Uh, you know, good culture and healthy uh, people drive business value. And there's, you know, I mean, that's an easy way to get businesses' attention is to show that it does actually impact the bottom line. So that's that's super helpful. Um, what do you think each and every one of us could do to help make a difference? Should we go to our bosses and, you know, and raise this, you know, and ask them what they're doing in, in this regard? I think flu is kind of in the big words behind me on screen. We're trying to we're trying to get construction talking, and uh, you know, I think. There have been people, when we were putting this together, we really thought about this, you know, what would really drive change? Because there's a lot of people that spend a lot of time trying to get money for a mental health initiative or trying to have a mental health talk or an event or get people, you know, talking about this. But it often gets, like I said just then, pushed to the side or treated as like an extra bonus thing you have. It's not the core issue. I think what we're really trying to do with this is get that grass roots movement out there mm -hmm. where everyone understands that we all have a role to play in this whether you're affected with your mental health or not you are all responsible for looking for the signs uh, helping break the stigma being more alive to the issues and helping the industry really tackle this this crisis head-on it's the responsibility of all of us i think mm -hmm. to to make that happen and it's not about having to go upstairs and pitch for money or uh, for you to go out your way and do something different for me it is about talking asking that person that you work with every day, are you doing all right? And ask them twice, are you sure you're doing all right? Because you don't see yourself lately. I know we're under a lot of pressure right now, are you doing okay? That matters. And that question coming from your best mate cuts through more than any HR manager or mental health ambassador. No offense, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ask twice because the standard response to, you know, hey Fred, how are you doing? Is everyone's always like, great. Especially in the UK, we're like, yeah, yeah I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> No how bad it was for me, I was like, yeah, all right. I like that, that's the second time. Um, Yuanda, they, um, I heard in this video, and it's something that I, I find surprising, but the construction industry obviously is having a uh, hard time finding skilled workers to get the jobs done. Since some say, apparently, that maybe this is a topic that we should not be talking about because it may dissuade people from wanting to join our industry. What do you think about that? So I think we should be talking about it because you can't, you can't, so, so I love the fact that um, the clarity around this subject is, you know, mental well-being is connected to culture. You know, I think it really simplifies the message. And so when we go out, I spend a lot of time talking to young people, trying to encourage them to come into the industry. Um, I tell them all the good parts, <laughs> as you do. Um, I share pictures of you know, super high-rise buildings that I've designed in different parts of the world. Um, I've, I'm conscious of the 260,000 shortfall mm -hmm. that the industry is experiencing, and so I'm out full-on trying to get these people um, to consider uh, engineering and construction. Now, the thing is, if they come into the industry, right, and it's not right, I would have failed in my ability to attract them. They would have been lied to pretty much, mm -hmm. you know. And so we 
recognize that we need to fix it so it's right for them coming in. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm here today, actually. Yeah. You know, to be really part of that solution wherever, you know, I can. Mm -hmm. You can't build a beautiful facade and not fix the internal challenges. Yeah. If people are looking from the outside and it all looks amazing, mm -hmm. if the fact that on the inside, it's dark and crumbling, then we are not doing what we think we're doing in terms of transformation. Well, ultimately, people will leave the industry because it's so challenging. Exactly. So you're right, the, putting the Band-Aid on it's not going to work. No. We've got we to uncover those root causes and, and dig deeper. Do you have any thoughts on that, that, that notion that maybe this should not be a topic of discussion? I mean, uh, I, 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 I highly doubt that <laughs> based on this. I mean, yeah, I think it's, it's, I can't say the word. It's, it's rubbish. Yeah. Um, it's have you actually ever heard anybody say that? No, I mean, can notion? we say that I mean, there's kids in the room? It's the thing that comes out the back of a dog. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's... <laughs> By the way, I have no bold. idea what that means. So I, I understand what it means, but is that like a... I've never heard somebody say that before. If you haven't got it by now, I feel like... <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, I know what you said. I'm just, is, that like a, is that like a British saying, or are you just saying I'll that tell you later. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you later. Um, I, I think it's rubbish. I think it's totally rubbish. Like, uh, yeah, we, we can uh, keep it quiet and trick people into the industry, but... Yeah, two people in the UK dying every day. Yeah. That is, that's shocking. That can't happen. How many people here is that news to? Did that just learn that? Isn't that amazing? It's absolutely mind blowing. You know, it's just yeah. It should be something that we should be. If two people were dying a day, you know, uh, for, through you know um, falls on job sites, somebody would be doing something about it. You know, absolutely. Um, all right, so. Uh, all right, well, let's do this. Let's talk about what are you, this is a great um, start to get construction talking. Tell us about your hopes. What, is the, what are your hopes for what this could be? And then if you think forward like a year from now, where do you want, where do you want to get to? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think when you look at events like this, it's all very glossy and very exciting, and it's easy to think it's another kind of mental health pop, one of those things that you, that's happening in the industry right now. Um, but for me, I hope you see from those videos and from what I'm saying tonight, it's not about that. I genuinely care about moving the dial on this issue. And I hope that in a year's time, we'll be having more conversations about it. I hope we'll have normalized conversations around it a lot more. I hope the stigma will be falling away. Mm -hmm. um, and not to put a, a particular number on it, but I hope we've raised a million dollars for charity, which is behind me on screen right now. <laughs> Well, uh, we will ensure that you do. So uh, <laughs> I, it's, a, it's very important. And I can envision this happening in other countries, in other venues, and possibly a ground break, a, a, a breakout session. Yeah, uh, we're doing be, this already. I think in Chicago, there's talk of Australia. So nice. it's, it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me know how I can help. Um, and for the rest of you, um, I think I know what the answer to this is, <laughs> but uh, what is the one single piece of advice you'd share with everyone here um, that they can do personally in order to help with this cause? Just one? <laughs> well, no. Go. Okay, all right, let's go on. <laughs> I, so one thing that has kind of stayed with me is um, the, the idea of unlearning the construction industry way of existing. Um, when I started off as you know, um, an engineer many years ago, 
I just assumed that it was okay to be in a room where people would swear at you. Mm. You know, I just thought, yeah, it's the construction industry. Um, I just assumed that, you know, there'd be people who would be unfriendly. Um, and um, it still haunts me till today that somebody who I thought was just unfriendly took their life. Mm. You know, it still haunts me today. I could have gone to this person and had conversations with them. Mm. Of like, I mean, if I had not just put them into a construction industry unfriendly box. Right. Um, so I would say we are at a point where we can start to really unlearn every aspect of the construction industry that is closed, that puts pressure on people, um, that is not open. Mm -hmm. And in the words of <laughs> get construction talking. Yeah, I love it. Logan, do you have any? Uh, I've got two. Okay. One of them is talk. Yep. And the other one is to listen. <laughs> um, Boy, if everyone did that in life across all aspects <laughs> of life, <laughs> yeah. listen is pretty important. That's awesome. Fred, you got any? Uh, yeah, I just want to echo what, what, what Logan said. I think the word talk, we've said up here a lot, talk, just talk if you're feeling, feeling low. That is the hardest thing in the world. Um, particularly when you're trying to, put a, trying to put a front on and you're trying to be strong and you're worried about what people are going to think of you or if they're going to think less of you. Um, it was the hardest thing I ever did. But it's a really old saying, but the problem shared is a problem halved. Mm -hmm. And just talking to people did make a difference for me. It did help turn the tide. So uh, what I would say to people is if you're struggling, you're not alone. And take that first step would be the thing I say. It's awesome. Um, well, now we actually want to uh, turn this over to all of you. So if anybody has any questions, please feel free. And the microphones are coming down the side aisles here. So uh, grab a mic or a mic. Oh, there we go. Okay. You want to start there? Hi, guys. Thank you very much. It's been amazing to and a privilege to be here tonight. Um, I've worked in the construction industry for about 20 years now. Um, also worked in Samaritans for about the last six years. There's a lot of conversations. Um, I would say from ground roots, apprenticeships to middle management about mental health, about well-being, about suicide in the industry. But we all know that culture and, and values really do stem from the very top. I, I, that's where I struggle is to try and get leadership, very high level people to understand the severity of, of what we've all been talking, what you've been talking about today. Um, and I'm keen to try and explore ideas and develop ideas and try and reach those people. Um, and, and that's where I feel, me personally, I'm, I'm hitting a barrier all the time. And I just, not particularly a question, but just understanding how you're managing to reach those people at the top and, and how we can all be doing that and, and pushing that conversation. Um, go. go on. Um, I think that everyone sitting here today is either working in the construction industry or has an interest in it and will be the people that are listening to that and will drive that conversation forward in the, their leadership roles that they will ultimately progress to. But the people who are working on construction sites, steel fixers, dry liners, whatever they are, they are the people that need to be listened to the most, need to talk the most. It isn't as, maybe that's wrong to say, but it isn't as much about the higher management that should be talking, although they should be 
willing to support that. Um, it's more about the actual workers that we've got on sites that need that encouragement. I, I'd like to add, uh, I think holding your leaders accountable. There's nothing more powerful than a directed question to a leader uh, and having them having to answer what their stance is on this uh, and what they're willing to do about it, I think is a great approach. Um, and I also think uncovering the, look, you could motivate through fear or greed, right? Um, I really think showing that this, having a good culture with healthy people drives business value is probably the best way to get a business owner to actually invest in this, I think. Yeah, I was just going to add as well, I, I've gotten into trouble many times for calling like bad behavior out. And sometimes you just have to go to that <laughs> extent. Um, the other thing as well is anonymous surveys help as well. Mm. Like people would follow the data and the feedback. Um, and if it's not just boiled down to some percentage that they present in a way that doesn't look so bad, if it's actual comments, feedback, getting them to read um, some of the things that you know people have expressed usually helps as well. Just to say, I understand your frustration because I I can't be against it myself, and I I don't want to generalise, but sometimes the people in that demographic are of a certain age that is a stiff upper lip mentality. Yep. And I've had people say to me, oh, you just keep going. Don't tell anyone that you don't feel great because you've got to put on a strong front. And, uh, or you're just tired, Fred, <laughs> which was pretty frustrating. But I think we need, to go, we need to go grassroots up now. These people aren't going to listen unless you talk about the bottom line, which is incredibly frustrating. But it's how the world is. You know, that's just how the world is. And I think really tackling this issue now from the grassroots up is going to make a difference. I think that's the fantastic advantage of having Procore involved is you, you talk to and reach CEOs around the world. They listen to you. They come to your conferences. They follow your lead. They use your software in, in hundreds of countries around the world. So having Procore back us up on this, I think, will help elevate it up to that boardroom position. Um, so yeah, yeah. I, you're right. It's, it's tough. It sucks. But I think chipping away from grassroots up is the way to go now. Wow, we got a lot of questions here. <laughs> <laughs> Should I go? Okay. Yeah, go for it. Hey, um, my name's Morgan. I'm from the Enable Group. Um, so I've worked project level, I've worked as a former carpenter and then moved up to social value, which I work in now. So um, my question to you really is that um, it's so amazing that we're now seeing a lot more gender diversity within the industry. Um, but I'm curious to hear whether you find there are the same issues within women that are working within construction and what you're doing um, and if you need to do anything differently, I, I, I guess I'm trying to say, to um, combat that issue or whether um, your approach is responding well for, for both genders. You want to, uh, to take it? Yeah, it's a really important point. I think the, <coughs> the reality is these issues, as I said at the start, can affect anybody, and there is a mental health crisis among women in the industry as well as men. The industry is male-dominated still, so this does disproportionately affect men. So we've kind of started in that place from, from the more of the male side. Um, I also think men have a, again, this isn't universal to both genders or, or any gender. I'm not kind of trying to sort of stereotype here, but uh, guys aren't so good at talking about them, talking about our feelings and opening up. We, we're really rubbish at it. Um, so I think trying to normalise that conversation amongst guys and get us opening up more is, is one of our first uh, approaches. 
but yeah, as absolutely. I mean, I'd be interested in Yuanda's view on this. The you know the issue does affect women as well. We're not saying it's a male only issue. Um, it's disproportionately affects men in construction because it's male dominated. I think. Yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, gosh, where do we start from? Actually? Yeah, that's like another two yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I, I know so many women who have left the construction industry cause, just because they had had enough, they'd reached their limit, and they're like, you know what, I would rather, you know, work somewhere else for, like, literally nothing than um, have to deal with this on a daily basis. Um, and, and actually, from, from where I sit, you know, there, there's so many other added issues and complexities, right? Oh. Um, but it needs to be addressed as an industry challenge, I would say, to start with, hmm. right? Because we are in a phase where we are trying to get those building blocks in place, trying to get the foundation. It's, it's still very much early days. And so those fundamental um, structural pieces, sorry, forget the construction speak here, <laughs> um, need to be put in place to ensure that we are changing the culture. And once that foundation is there, once we have the momentum, um, without a doubt, there would be all the additional, um, I guess, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, Percularities, is that the word? That then helps us delve into solving um, bigger challenges as well, but we need the foundation in place. Awesome. Well, uh, oh, oh, are we going upstairs? All right, upstairs we go. <laughs> Hi, um, yeah, I'm just somebody who's really interested in your channel rather than actually being in the industry. Um, but I uh, just also kind of wanted to ask, so you're talking about charities, and so this is a slightly arguably politically charged question, but I was just wondering what role could maybe trade unions have? Because I heard no discussion of trade unions, but they certainly played a massive role in improving industry safety during the 1980s. So could there be a similar movement now? Yes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. Great absolutely. idea. Yeah. yeah, particularly in the US as yeah. well. Yeah, we were just talking backstage about what, what other levers we can pull, and I think going to the trade associations is a genius idea. So thank you. You're on the team. Yep, <laughs> you're, you're hired. Come down. We don't pay very well. But. <laughs> this right, his hand up. Yeah, you've, you've, you've been very patient. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, I've been named and shamed as being part of the problem because I'm Logan's dad. So. Uh, uh, <laughs> and now I'm embarrassing him even more. But look, this is more from an industry point of view. Um, um, We've, we've talked about, uh, obviously, the challenge tonight, and it's absolutely fantastic, but uh, I'm involved in the Social Mobility Pledge, and what that is is getting organisations to sign up to support social mobility, and I guess it's one for you, Fred, really. It's, I think you should ask construction companies to sign up and support mm -hmm. Get Construction Talking, because, and not only that, I don't think it should be surreptitious where they sign up and say they will support. I think you should ask them for their action. There's a number of companies in the room tonight that would absolutely physically make a difference and a commitment mm -hmm. to get construction talking. And I think in signing a pledge, you should ask what they would do. And I think that would make a significant change to the challenge ahead. That's a great oh, man. Wonderful. <laughs>
actually planned that. Logan's <laughs> <laughs> like dying of embarrassment. <laughs> now we know where Logan gets it. So this is Crowded. Crowded. Probably one more. We're, oh yeah, let's do one more. Oh, we got we have a we have a double hand waver up top. Is that <laughs> that is. Uh, <laughs> Hi. Um, well, um, I'm Rodolfo. I, I actually grew up on the on, the, on this world. Right? I'm a third generation general contractor, and I've gone through, you know, playing in the dirt in the dirt of construction sites before health and safety was a thing in Mexico, as you can imagine. <clears throat> uh, to then being civil engineer, working in an architecture firm, and now being an actual developer here in London. So one of the things, the the, the biggest challenges that I see in places like London. The U.S., some of the East Coast, uh, Australia. It's also the big diversity in cultures within the construction site, the difference of cultural backgrounds and languages, which makes it even harder. Because even though everyone who is in the construction world knows that it's a it's a tier game, right? Different trades are different tiers. That's just the way the human brain works. And then when you add different cultural backgrounds, it's even worse because then you have the majority, the, the local majority, and then the you know uh, a different cultural minority, and it's horrible to actually work between them, and sometimes even impossible because of different languages. One thing that we, know, we have in Mexico, which is more localized, everyone speaks the same language, and not having so much support from being a developing country, you see that brotherhood being way harder than I can see it here in this country. And that starting from the bottom up, it's there, you know, we have many, many other issues in the construction world, but at least it's a, it's, a, it's a tighter community. How can we start to tackle those language differences, those cultural backgrounds? You want to go that, on that? That's such a that's a great question, and actually, that's a question that's come from somebody who really, really understands how trade, uh, tr different trades work on, on construction projects. So, um, I've worked in lots of different countries, and um, in you know, I, I've seen different responses to that. Um, the one thing I was going to you know start off with, right, is really establishing the ethos and the ethics and the spirit of the project. Mm -hmm. It's a universal language. When you tell people that you are all here to achieve the same thing, um, working together, and actually everybody needs to go home safely, uh, everybody needs to be physically well, and what we would like to see is that the mental bit is added as well to it. Mm -hmm. So that, that universal language of we're all in this together is hugely important. The next level to that is really understanding the cultures. And in some countries, I've seen uh, uh, managers and construction uh, package managers team couples up. So there'd be a man and his wife <laughs> working together <laughs> on the construction project because they know that for the man and the woman to both come back in good form the next day, they need to have that really, really tight connection and they need to have that one person that they love looking over their shoulders for them. So it's really important that, you know, that that level of um, commitment in terms of ensuring that the different groups um, are able to be the best versions of themselves. Um, yeah, that's what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I'd, I'd echo that as well. I mean, the cultural thing is, is a really valid point. It's a really it's a big challenge in the industry. I think, obviously, I, I can only talk from my perspective, but I've 
I've been lucky to, to travel the world and see all kinds of different cultures, different people, different places. And what I've realized is that while the cultures are different, human beings are very similar worldwide and we all feel human emotion the same way. So while we all laugh at the same movies, while we all cry at the same movies, while we all sing along to the same songs, we all have that sort of same being within us. I think the signs that someone's struggling with their mental health are obviously unique to all of us, but there are some very common signs that I think transcend the human race, quite frankly, whether you are in Iraq, Saudi Arabia, the USA, Canada, Hawaii. Hawaii is part of the USA, I know that. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> Australia, other places. Who have I left out? South Africa, Ireland. Ireland always complain, I'll leave them out. Ireland. <laughs> but you know what I mean? It's, that's, that's what I would say. Do we. Are we... <laughs> I got the subtle. Uh, well, I want to first of all thank the panelists for being here. It was this is extremely, extremely informative. This is an extremely uh, valuable um, set of information we've shared, and it's probably one of the most important topics in the construction industry right now. So I want to say thank you for that, and I know you want to say a few words as well. Uh, yeah. So briefly, I wanted like a big Oscars list of thank yous, but thank you to Yuan Canola, MBE, uh, Logan Price, legend. <laughs> <laughs> Logan said to me, oh, I don't really want to be like a role model for construction mental health. And I'm like, you already are. Tui for being the most down-to-earth, awesome guy ever and backing us on this. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Fred. You can't clap every time because we'll never get through it. Um, <laughs> the Procore team, because you guys are awesome, you're killing it, you've flown in from all around the world. There's, there's loads of you, but it's amazing. We love you, it's fantastic. Uh, have your support and backing on this is incredible. Behind the scenes of this event, guys, and this initiative is an enormous team of people making it happen. So I want to say big thanks to the Procore team. <laughs> the B1M team, I want to say big thank you to Ian and Aaron for sitting on a bench with me in a park and filming that, because it wasn't easy. <laughs> big thanks to our head of video, James, uh, for organizing all the tech and our video team who are here tonight. Um, big thank you to Liam for coming all the way from Australia. Uh, literally, I'm supported by an amazing group of people who make me look good, basically. <laughs> so I want to say big thanks to them. But there is one person in particular, above all else, who has absolutely annihilated themselves over this event, thought about it for months, uh, and worked harder than anyone else to make tonight and this initiative happen. Um, I took her for a coffee in January and said, we're doing this, and she, her eyes just got whiter, and she was like, you want to do what? <laughs> but uh, it happened and it's here. So I've got a little something for Victoria Gunn, who's ah. coming up to stage. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Victoria is a senior project manager, joined us from the BBC last year, um, and I was at points worried because like, it's a mental health event, and I'm really stressing her out, but, uh, but yeah. <laughs> you killed it. Thanks, mate. <laughs> How about just a huge round of applause for Fred for doing all of it. Thank you very, very much. I think the good news is is that there's cocktails which uh, are out there and um, the experts are going to be mingling for a little bit. Is that true? We're also doing another event in October. Oh, yes. yes That's right. No, yeah. Well, we're doing Groundbreak in Chicago. That's right. Coming out for that, which is going to be awesome. We're doing a US launch there. 
Uh, we've also got an event in October around World Mental Health Day because we want to keep these, keep the momentum going on this. Uh, and as always, getconstructiontalking.org. You can go donate, learn more, watch the video series. Yeah, thanks for coming. Well, and also if you have great ideas like we've been hearing, yeah. keep the ideas coming. Like, there's, there's a lot we can do. All right, you all, thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. <laughs>